Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, I'm Sarah. And I'm Tooby. And this is the Whispering Woods podcast. This episode is all about... New Orleans. Yes. Do you know anything about New Orleans? No. Oh, you're in for a treat, my boy. (laughs) But first of all, we had a lovely email from somebody, so we'd like to give them a shout out. Alison. Hi guys, greetings from New Brunswick, Canada. Just wanted to let you know I've been binging your podcast since I found it a few weeks ago. Love all the stories and will admit you are made me jump a few times. Ha, keep up great work, I'll be listening. Thank you. Thanks, Alison, that's really sweet of you. We love getting the reviews and the the messages, they're great. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so by either leaving us a lovely review on Apple Podcasts Um, sending us an email, come and say hi on our social media channels, or you can subscribe to our Patreon account, which is patreon.com forward slash The Whispering Woods. Right, so I've got a good introduction piece to New Orleans. Obviously, I can't cover it all because, like, New Orleans is massive. I mean, I don't really know how big it is. <laughs> it's massive, but I don't really know how big it is. What I mean is, there's just so much paranormal stuff going on there. <laughs> but I'm sure it is massive up to like England. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, are you ready for the introduction? Yes, I oh am. Yeah. New Orleans is a city of mystery, magic, and history. It's a place where the past and the present meet, where the supernatural and the natural intertwine. 
New Orleans is a city of ghosts, vampires and voodoo. Ghosts are everywhere in New Orleans, haunting the old buildings, the cemeteries and the streets. Some of the most famous ghosts are the ones that reside in the French Quarter, the oldest and most historic part of the city. There you can find the ghost of Madame Lalaurie, a cruel and sadistic socialite who tortured and killed those brought into slavery. Madame Lalaurie was a wealthy and cruel woman who lived in New Orleans in the early 1800s. She was born in 1787 to a prominent Creole family and she married three times, having five children. She was known as a socialite and a hostess who threw lavish parties and her mansion was in the French Quarter. But behind her elegant facade, she hid a dark and twisted secret. She was a serial killer who tortured and murdered the enslaved. Madame Lalaurie's crimes were discovered on April the 10th, 1834, when a fire broke out in her mansion. The neighbours rushed to help, but they noticed that Madame Lalaurie seemed to be alone and that she didn't care about the fate of those enslaved. A group of locals decided to search the house and there they found a horrifying scene in the attic. They saw at least seven enslaved people who had been brutally abused and mutilated for a long time. The sight of such horror enraged the mob who attacked Madame Lalaurie and her family. They ransacked and burned the mansion and chased her out of the city. Madame Lalaurie managed to escape to France where she thought to have died in 1849. But her legacy of evil remained in New Orleans, where the mansion was rebuilt and became known as a haunted and cursed place. Many people claim to see or hear the ghosts of her victims, or to feel a cold and sinister presence in the house. Some people also believe that Madame Lalaurie had practiced voodoo or some other form of black magic, and that she had made a pact with the devil. Vampires are also a part of New Orleans law, dating back to the colonial times. Some of the first vampires were thought to be the Casket Girls. The Casket Girls were a group of young women who were sent from France to the French colonies of Louisiana in the early 18th century. They were supposed to marry the French settlers and help populate and civilise the new land. But their arrival was met with suspicion and fear, as rumours spread that they were not what they seemed. The casket girls were named after the small chests or caskets they carried with them. These chests purportedly contained their clothes and personal belongings. But some people believed that they also contained something more sinister. The casket girls were accused of being vampires who had been sent by the French king to drain the life of the colonists. The first casket girls arrived in Mobile, Alabama in 1704 
and then in Biloxi, Mississippi in 1719, and finally in New Orleans in 1728. They were mostly orphans or convicts who had been selected by the Bishop of Quebec or the Company of the Indies. They were promised a better life and a good husband in the New World, but they soon realised that their prospects were not so bright. Many of the Frenchmen were rude, violent or uninterested in them. Some of the casket girls were forced into unwanted marriages, abused by their husbands or abandoned by their lovers. Some of them resorted to sex work, crime or suicide, while a number of them returned to France or fled to other places. The casket girls were pale, frail and sickly and they suffered from the heat and the diseases of the region. They also had strange habits, such as sleeping during the day, avoiding garlic and wearing veils. These traits fueled the speculation that they were vampires who had come to prey on the living. It's rumoured that the casket girls stayed in New Orleans and were placed under the care of the Ursuline nuns who ran a convent and a school for girls. The nuns tried to protect and educate them and to find them suitable matches. The nuns also tried to keep the girls away from the public eye as they were the target of gossip and slander. It's believed by some that their caskets were placed in storage not to be opened until they'd been betrothed. The legend of the casket girls reached its peak in 1978 when two paranormal investigators claimed to have found evidence of their vampiric nature. They said that they had broken into the third floor of the Ursuline convent where the nuns had locked the casket girls' chests for centuries. The investigators reported that they had opened the chests and found them empty except for some dust and cobwebs hence proving that the casket girls had never left and that they were still roaming the streets of New Orleans looking for blood. The paranormal investigators believed they had seen the casket girls with red eyes, sharp fangs and superhuman strength and had barely escaped with their lives. Jacques Saint-Germain was a mysterious and wealthy man who lived in New Orleans in the early 1900s. He claimed to be a descendant of the Count of Saint-Germain, a legendary figure who was said to be immortal. Jacques Saint-Germain was a charming and elegant gentleman who hosted lavish parties for the high society of the city. But he also had a dark and sinister side, for he was a vampire who preyed on the blood of the living. Jacques' true nature was revealed one dark night when he brought a woman home from a bar. He attacked her and bit her on the neck, but she managed to escape and jumped from the second-story window of his apartment. She screamed for help and the police arrived. They searched Jacques' home and found bloodstains and wine bottles filled with human blood. Jacques was nowhere to be found. He had vanished without a trace but he was not gone for good 
He had the ability to change his appearance and his identity. And some believe that Jacques is still alive today and that he still visits New Orleans from time to time. They say that he can be seen in the French Quarter or in the cemeteries or in the dark alleys of the city. They say that he can be recognised by his red eyes, his sharp fangs and his superhuman strength. You can hear his hypnotic voice, his enchanting music and his eerie laughter. They also say that he can be felt by his cold touch, his seductive charm and his deadly bite. New Orleans is also known for its voodoo, a religion that originated in West Africa and was brought to Louisiana by the enslaved Africans. Voodoo is a blend of African, Catholic and Native American beliefs and practices and it involves the worship of spirits, ancestors and saints. Voodoo also involves the use of magic, voodoo, rituals and potions for various purposes, such as healing, protection or harm. But voodoo is not a harmless or benign faith. It can be a dark and dangerous force that can unleash evil and chaos. Voodoo practitioners can curse and enchant people or manipulate and control them. Voodoo practitioners can also summon and communicate with the dead or with other entities that lurk in the shadows. They can transform themselves or others into animals or into something worse. Voodoo has left its mark on New Orleans in its culture, its heritage and its mystery. Voodoo can be seen in the altars, the charms and the offerings that are found in the stores and the homes of the city. Voodoo can be heard in the drums, the chants and the prayers that echo down the streets and the cemeteries of the city. Voodoo can be felt in the energy, the atmosphere and the presence of New Orleans. One of the most famous voodoo practitioners in New Orleans was Mary Laveau, the voodoo queen. She was a powerful and influential woman who had a large following of devotees. She was known for her charity, her beauty and her ability to grant favours and curses. Marie Laveau was the most famous and powerful voodoo queen of New Orleans. She was born in 1801 to a free woman of colour and a white man. And she inherited the secrets and skills of voodoo from her mother and grandmother. She married twice, first to a free man of colour who died, and then to a white nobleman who disappeared. She had many children, some of whom followed her footsteps in voodoo. She was a healer, a midwife, and a fortune teller who used her magic and her connections to help or harm people. She was also a devout Catholic who attended Mass regularly and donated to the church. She had a close relationship with the spirits, especially with Papa Legba, the gatekeeper of the crossroads. She also had a rivalry with other voodoo practitioners, such as Dr. John formerly enslaved, who claimed to be the king of voodoo. 
Marie Laveau was also a feared and mysterious woman who had many legends and rumours surrounding her. She was said to have supernatural powers such as immortality, shape-shifting and mind control. She was said to have made a pact with the devil and to have performed dark and bloody rituals. She was also known to summon and communicate with the dead or with other entities that lurked in the shadows. She was said to have cursed and enchanted people or to have transformed them into animals. Marie Laveau died in 1881, but her legacy and her spirit remain in New Orleans. She's believed to be buried in the St. Louis Cemetery No. 1, where people still visit her tomb and leave offerings and requests. So, with Madame LaLaurie, I didn't actually go into too much detail about the horrendous crimes that she committed, um, because they, they the, some of the stuff that I read, it really is graphic and horrific. And I didn't want to scare our young listeners. But, you know, if you're interested, there's loads of stuff out there about what she was meant to have done and things like that. Wicked woman. Yeah. Wicked, wicked woman. <laughs> you know? All the high, all the society stuff, having the parties. But underneath it all, she was apparently dark as black. <laughs> dark as sin itself horrid woman yeah but there's so much going on in new new orleans isn't there like when i was younger i really really wanted to visit for the mardi gras and get dressed up and do the parade because it just sounds fascinating but at the time i think i was into that the anne rice novels and she does some wicked books about new orleans whether you know the witches the mayfair witches i think it's called and she wrote Interview with a Vampire, which could be what the the Jacques guy, she could have based it on him, because that sounds really familiar. That, you know, he's sucking blood, running around New Orleans, and then he just disappears. And he's meant to come back every now and again, hundreds of years later, visiting New Orleans. Yeah, they do that in like, like horror films and that, where like mm. some... Thing it comes back like every year or whatnot. Mm, yeah, I think the one I watched more recently about that was um, what's it called? It's uh, Jeepers Creepers. Oh yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I watched it. Oh no, yeah. And it, it classic yeah. comes back every <laughs> I don't know thirty years or whatever it is. That is more than my most favourite book. We do talk about it quite a lot, yeah. actually, don't we? It's a good film. <laughs> And these poor casket girls, whether or not they were vampires, I think the history has got a bit confused as well because I don't think they... Some people say they didn't actually live with the nuns because they were at two different time periods in history. So, um, But it's still a story and still a spooky story and that's what we're here to share. But those poor girls today, we would call that people trafficking, burying them off to another country, promising them this and that. Human trafficking, isn't it? Yeah, what did I call it? People trafficking. (laughs) But it's the same thing. Yeah, but I've never heard that in my life. Oh, human trafficking. Yeah, sorry. I don't know. Come on, I've told you. I'm on the menopause, mate. Yeah? People trafficking. All right. (laughs) It amounts to the same thing. But yeah, these poor girls, um, they probably, you know, they were people. They were, sorry, they were human trafficked. Yeah. It's the nuts and bones of it, you know? (laughs) Um, well, interestingly as well, 
the voodoo queen, lots of people still go to that grave and what they'll do is mark three X's because they want their sort of um, spells to come true. They spin around, something like that I read, and then if what they have hoped for actually happens, they'll go back and put an offering by the grave. I just don't get why they do that, innit? Like, all that spiritual stuff. Oh, well, you don't, because you're not witchy of any kind. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> that's just asking to get yourself into trouble, innit? Oh, uh, okay, yeah, I'll get you. <laughs> but that's why they offer, they give an offering. So that, you know, they appease the spirit, so nothing bad happens to them. Yeah, I guess so. But I don't, I don't kind of mess with that stuff. <laughs> you know, I like to think of myself as a white witch. Yeah. Without any of the darkness. Just spreading love and cheer. <laughs> when I'm like, oh, I hate Christmas. <laughs> oh, I don't like people. <laughs> right, so I've got two stories. One is um, a longer story and one, yeah, obviously, is shorter to make the comparison. And they are both around the LaLaurie mansion. So are you ready for the first story? Yes, I am. A few years ago, I was going through a rough patch financially and was looking for just about any job that would pay decent and had flexible hours. I used to work as a housekeeper and quite honestly, I was hoping it was something that would come up as a job opportunity. At that time, I was living in Vacherie, Louisiana, which was kind of far from all the major hustle and bustle that Louisiana has to offer. Lucky for me, a friend of mine told me about a small housekeeping job her boss had mentioned. They were looking for someone to come in two times a week to clean the first and second floors of this house that was located downtown New Orleans. To fast forward things a bit, I ended up going down to the place, huge, beautiful French home, literally in the heart of Nola, and I got the job. The first day was vanilla, nothing but work, you know. I did what I was there to do, and as I got ready to leave, I got a whiff of this horrible stench, almost like burnt rotten meat. I thought to myself, oh, did I forget to take the trash out? So I ran to the kitchen and the smell faded. I kept checking, but couldn't find the source of the smell. After double-checking everything, I left. When I came back the day after, I was on the second floor, dusting the parlour area, when I heard chains being dragged on the floor. At first it startled me, and I just brushed it off as someone outside. But then I heard it, again and again. It was definitely coming from inside the house, so I ran as fast as I could downstairs to tell the other housekeeper that somebody else could possibly be inside. It was only the two of us there that day. She just looked at me and told me to mind my own business and keep working. She was kind of a mean old lady, but I shrugged it off and went back upstairs. Again, out of nowhere, that putrid stench of burnt, rotten meat filled the air. It was really annoying because just like that it randomly came and went. Some days you'd smell it downstairs, others upstairs. Later on that day, while I was using the restroom, 
I heard this huge commotion upstairs on the third floor. What sounded like a young girl screaming and a woman chasing after her to... Get in here. I was literally, what the hell? I opened the door and heard running upstairs and then it stopped. The yelling, the screaming, everything. I went back downstairs and at this point I was frustrated and told the other housekeeper what I'd just heard. She looked at me and she says, You never hear anything, okay? It's best if you just go on as if you don't notice a thing. Thing is, she always assured me that there was no one there. That we were fine. Needless to say, while I worked at that house a whole month, because that's only how long I could take, I had heard repetition of the same yelling, screaming and chasing. Other days, I'd hear chains dragging and dropping on the floor. But the thing that did it for me was when I was taking my lunch break on the second floor and heard a sudden cry of agony and despair, followed by the sound of chains that seemed to be coming from the third floor. I panicked, thinking someone was hurt and needed help. So as soon as I was getting up to go get help, I see a tall, dark man with chains around his neck. And just like that, I ran out of the house as quickly as possible. I never even spoke to the person that hired me to tell them that I had no intentions of returning. I just stopped showing up. As rude as that seems, I could care less. I just wanted nothing to do with that place. Anyway, it wasn't until four years later, when I had long moved away from Louisiana, that I'd returned to New Orleans with my boyfriend on vacation. We decided to do one of their spooky history tours, and I tell you, what I saw in that familiar building made my heart sink. Anxiety was building up inside me as the tour guide told the story of the building I once used to work at and the horrible, tragic, malicious things that happened there. I felt sick to my stomach. I begged my boyfriend to go back to the hotel. When I worked at the infamous LaLaurie Mansion, I never knew the history. Heck, I hadn't even heard of it. But after the tour facts and doing my own research, everything I experienced there made sense. It still gives me goosebumps to this day, remembering that day I heard... Madame LaLaurie chasing after what could have been a slave girl upstairs on the third floor. I'm almost positive it was her. Also, I'll add that the stench of rotten burnt meat could have been the spirits of the many enslaved that died tortured by the hands of that evil woman. That looks like it could be residual energy. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) something bad happens and that energy gets trapped there. I think you could be spot on with that comment, that observation, young man. Yeah, it really does sound like residual energy. (laughs) What are you giggling for? I don't know. Residual. Residual. I couldn't actually say it then, my tongue got twisted in my mouth. (laughs) It keeps doing that lately, more more and more often. (laughs) Getting worried about myself, I won't be able to talk soon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can tell I'm a bit hyper today. Yeah. <laughs> it's all that flipping hot chocolate I keep drinking. <laughs> it is though, Toves, even though it's 70%. <laughs> I 
<laughs> cocoa. I'm like, ooh, sugar. I'm going to have another one after this. So I said to myself. said so 70% as if like it's caffeine or something. <laughs> no, 70% cocoa. <laughs> yeah, I know that. <laughs> I said to myself, after we finish recording, I'm going to treat myself to a hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm so rock and roll. I am so rock and roll. But I've not had a drink for like five years. Yeah. And um, I'm just really rock and rolling old. <laughs> I don't, I'm in the kitchen dancing to 80s music. I've got the radio set to 80s. Don't know why, because like the 80s, I, I was born in 74, so it wasn't really my era. Yeah, I've but got, you're like kind of a teenager then, isn't it? Yeah. That's when you listen to like music. And, yeah. Yeah, so bop, bop away to it. And I realise how dark a lot of the music is, and it's like. <laughs> so on PC like the stuff they talk about being obsessed with each other and it's all like wow this is dark dark stuff when you listen <laughs> with with your like 2023 head on you know you couldn't get away yeah. with singing stuff like that nowadays yeah yeah it's just what's like nowadays isn't it yeah yeah I mean the music <laughs> some of the stuff is equally as bad to be fair yeah no everything's different now it? it is different some for the better and some for the worse, I would say. Anyway, completely off topic. Are you ready for the second story? Yes, I am. I've told this story to a few people, and every time I revisit the place in my head, I'm filled with a similar feeling to what happened. In November of 2011... I accompanied my then-girlfriend's family, we'll call her Hallow, on vacation to New Orleans. It was a great experience, my first time in the big city, since I moved east from the Los Angeles area a year and a half prior. The culture was great, the food, the smells, it was also rich and intoxicating. There was a great energy about the streets, it was a never-ending party, We ate at a great pizza place, got accosted for being emo, saw street performers, all the great things you expect from the city. Nothing in my life had prepared me for what would happen on our first night there though, while on a haunted history tour set up by the History Channel. We saw the usual sights you'd expect, all the tourist traps, supposedly haunted hotels, gothic cathedrals, etc. It was cool, but not too exciting. That is, until we got to the LaLaurie Mansion. As our tour guide, a slender, middle-aged woman, who reminded me very much of Professor Trelawney from Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, raved on about the history of the old building and misfortunes that befell the slaves under the care of Madame LaLaurie. I couldn't help but feel completely entranced by the picture she painted. It was a tale of blood, depravity, fire and possibly the worst instance of inhumanity I'd ever had the displeasure of standing 15 feet from. A woman left the group while she was telling the story. It was in this moment that I started to feel a dark, powerful presence overcome me. My entire body began to shake, my eyes began to tear up, and I had to grasp onto Hallow for dear life. As I blacked out, I saw a horizon, white on top, black on the bottom, 
and a bright light separating the two, with a concentrated point in the centre. I fought hard, and I regained control as it turned upside down, and I all but collapsed onto her. This happened in the span of about five seconds. What happened to me was so draining and strange that I couldn't speak for a few minutes afterwards. To this day, I don't know exactly what that was or how it happened, but I'd love to hear if other people have had similar experiences. The following day, I told Hallow's mother about what had happened, and that's when I found out that the woman who left the group just seconds before my experience was a medium and had to leave for some reason. Hallow's mother directed me to a friend who is a spiritualist that claims to see energies and such. I never really gave her much credit until I described the event to her. While doing so, I felt the darkness again trying to come over me. I held Hallow close so it would go away and it did. Without even telling her what I'd felt in that moment, the spiritualist tells me that a dark energy had been hovering over my head while telling the story. But Hallow had pushed it away. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It sounds like something left with him. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah, that's like when we went to that abandoned mental asylum and people, everybody was thinking that summit was following them mm. back. Are you over that now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you've all sort of calmed down about the people yeah, trafficking and... Oh, sorry, is it people trafficking? No, it's human. Oh, the human the trafficking. people trafficking again. <laughs> I never heard that in my life. <laughs> people trafficking. So, oh god, I just have my mother there. Some of the stuff she comes out with is classic. (laughs) 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 Oh dear. But yeah, it sounds like something attached to him. Um, But for some reason, if his girlfriend was there to offer support, it didn't, um, you know, it went. It sounds like she was full of goodness. Yeah. That's what I sum it up to. We'll ask you in this episode. I hope you enjoyed and we'll catch up with you again on Thursday. Yes, we shall indeed. And we will start having... I'm actually now thinking about the Christmas episode, so I'm going to do some of the old sort of English ghost stories, I think, for the closest one to Christmas. And then, obviously, we've got Krampusnat 
Krampus night. I tried to say it in yeah, German. I was just thinking of Krampus. Yeah, so I'm gonna, we'll do an episode. I'm researching stories on Krampus now and other Christmas demons, you know, because it's that season. The Grinch. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. not scary enough. I've already started thinking, right, what am I going to watch? Obviously, you're going to watch Krampus. I'm going to watch, um, what's that other film I like? Something about exports. Rare exports, that's what we're thinking of. Yeah, have I made you watch that with me? I don't think so. It's a foreign language film. It's amazing. It's all I need from a I Christmas movie. I can't watch movie. Well, yeah, I get that, because you're quite young. But it's, made, it's a really good film, because it's there's no, like, jolliness. <laughs> <laughs> It's all you need for Christmas. Bleakness, snow and a monster. Yeah. <laughs> Hope it snows anyway. Yeah, it's got colder this week. It was a frost this morning when I went yeah. out for a walk. Right, anyway, enough waffling. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.